Okay, whoo, I'm just going to start with a nice deep cleansing breath. I feel like it would be even weird to like have the theme music start this because it's so like, wow, that is not the theme music, Zach, but also not. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. That's a Britney Spears song. I don't know if you knew that. No, it sounds that should be the theme though. Toxic. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's actually wow. See, this is why I needed you here is to like help <laughs> me make this not the most traumatic episode of my life. Uh, hi, confidants. Uh, look, this obviously by the title is definitely a different episode than I've ever done. I mean, I, we do get serious on this podcast, but very rarely does it affect me in the way that planning this episode has affected my mental and physical uh just uh health thanks see what i mean like what's happening to you <laughs> no 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 it's, it's 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 a tough it's a tough i did not think this was gonna fuck me up but and again okay let me just get this out of the way this episode is going to be a giant giant trigger warning talking about the time that i was in an abusive relationship and sentence, period. And if that's something that's triggering for you, obviously I don't want you to listen to this episode, but I think the reason why I've pushed myself to, to film this finally is because I'm far enough away from it where it's been years, years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And also that I feel like talking about this and being so removed from it, A, will help a lot of people. B, can show you like you guys know me <laughs> and the fact that I'm even just a little flustered doing this like I think that can show why so many people and specifically women don't come forward with their stories and you know with, with what's happening in the world right now I just felt so compelled um inspired outraged um I just felt like now was the time. You know when the universe like gives you signs? Mm -hmm. It was like, it, there was just so many things pointing that I needed to do this episode. And I originally was just going to do it alone. I was going to sit here and I was going to talk about it. And I practiced it out loud in the car a few times. And then like this morning, my stomach was just like fucked up. And I'm sweating like profusely. Yeah. And I called Zach. You guys know him, Zach Noe Towers, ENT, my co-host on Danny yes, Nobilter, and one of my best friends. <laughs> and I asked him if he would just like sit in the room while I told this because I called him this morning and I was like, I'm having second thoughts, which I knew was just it was the abuse coming back. Yep. It the, was the you, abuse coming back. You, it, shutting your voice down. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's it's crazy. crazy. It is fucking crazy because <sighs> Everyone knows me as this strong yep. boss bitch, yep. independent woman who's not embarrassed. No You're not never embarrassed. You're so right that this is the and Barry's also here, obviously our foster and not, dog. I'm not saying, but I feel like the embarrassed it's embarrassing keeps you from talking. Oh my about god, it's it, so embarrassing. It's just wild to think that the victim of anything like what you're going to talk about, yeah, would at, the mm -hmm. last thing that should be taken from you is your ability to Oof, speak about it. Preach this. So you're right, and you know I called my team i called my attorney i called my entertainment lawyer mm -hmm. i called my manager i called everyone on my team to talk about it and all of them agreed absolutely i have every right to talk about this and 
you know, I'm going to keep identity and environment Mm -hmm. um, private. Obviously, I don't want anyone to figure out who this is. I don't want that person to get attention. I really like would ask confidants as a favor to not try and find who this person is because a you won't it was so long ago there's no way yeah, you yeah, would. Yeah. but b it's like this is my power and i think a lot of people when they heard about what happened to me with my surgery they were like demanding that i named the doctor who did this and like demanding i out this person and name 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 everyone wanted a name and i it's been five years and i've never said the doctor's name wow and i'm like that's restraint yeah because you know what a i don't want it to fuck with any legal things sure. that I would do with the case and B it's just like, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to like Harvey Weinstein, the guy sure. I'm doing it to, you know, that's sexual assault. That's not what this is. This is physical and emotional abuse, but I'm doing this because this is my way of helping other people that have been through this. And it took me a while to even like, even this morning, you know, I was like, what am I going to title this episode being in an emotionally abusive relationship? And my best friend and sister, who you will hear from in this episode, were even like, are you not going to mention the physical abuse? And I was like, even still, I'm Ugh. nervous to admit that I was in a physically abusive relationship because I'm like, it was only one time. Does it, it, he didn't he mean didn't hit me. Yeah. He like pushed me he down. He didn't draw blood. It's no. like, well, where's the line? Yeah. And so even like confronting my own biases about this subject and the way that I look unfortunately down upon people who get stuck in this cycle, sure. I, I needed to confront that being yep. like you were there and I think you're, you're trying to put yourself above it. Like, Oh people, I can't believe someone would be so dumb to stay in a relationship like that because you're so embarrassed to admit that it happened to sure. you. It's a form of hindsight. Mm. Outside perspectives are mm-hmm. crystal clear mm-hmm. when you're so close to it, you can't no. see it. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, um, how it happens how it's a slow a slow burn it's a slow slippery slope and Mm. you know it it can happen to anyone domestic abuse violence emotional violence emotional abuse does not discriminate it Mm -hmm. can happen to anybody i don't care about your gender your race Mm -hmm. i don't care about your sexual identity yeah and i think I didn't want to be a stereotype. Like I didn't want it to have. Oh my God. It didn't want to. I was like. You're like, no. This is the opposite of my brand. You're not going to look at me differently. Exactly. So anyway, before we get to that, I did. (laughs) I did want to try and insert one segment into the podcast. Because like one of my uh, tour producers was like, we need like format. Sure. <laughs> and as I was much like, as we love you. Great. Just like talking on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk about my abuse uh, for a long time. But so I did want to put one little segment that we tried last week with Chris Reinecker where I talk about something I'm feeling confidently insecure about that doesn't necessarily have to be the main subject of the episode, which is abuse. <laughs> no, okay. But it's about sleep. I feel confidently insecure about sleep habits. Like it's not, your sleep is not what you want it to be. It's, I'm constantly trying to find a way to make it better. Sure. So I put together a little list of things that I think I have uh, that I have used to make me feel more confident about my sleep. And it's not your average. Like, I feel like anytime you Google how to sleep better, it goes, turn off your phone. Um, don't eat late. Meditate. Meditate. And I'm like, no, I want to find different practical things that ha- has have actually helped me. Sure. So here we go. Here's my little list. Number one, melatonin gummies. <gasps> Here's Gummies, why. not pills. Not pills. Because try and find ones without sugar if you can. Because if you're 
putting sugar in your body right before you fall asleep. That can make your dreams weird. Mm -hmm. But I also want to say that it helps in a way that I didn't realize where right when I get in bed, all of a sudden I want a little sweet. A little sweet, sweet thing. A little sweet tooth. A little, oh, little comfort. So this is two, this is two birds, bam, one stone. Bam. Thank you, ma'am. This is, you pop the gummy. Hopefully it's sugar-free. You get sleepy and you get that little... That's so funny because for a minute I was addicted to eating waffles before bed. What? Yeah, like two Eggo waffles, butter and syrup, (gasps) num, 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 dab the syrup off, dab the syrup off, and night, night. Oh my God, that (laughs) is such a bold food to have right before you put your head down. You know? Because like A syrup is fuck. I don't care if you wear gloves and a hazmat suit, you're getting syrup on your fucking face and fingers. It's impossible not to. (laughs) Truly, truly. You can't pick up a plastic (laughs) container of syrup. Oh, and it not honey is the same. When the honey jar sticks on the like the barista counter, you're like, come on. Fucking monsters. I carry Clorox wipes with me everywhere so I can specifically for that purpose. It's cleaning off public um honey and (laughs) public services. Yeah, honey and syrup cases okay so melatonin gummies boom uh a stretching band which is one of those like, like round rope things that you you use uh to put like you you um is you, it a circle you hook your foot on it no it's just like a rope and you hook your foot oh. on it and then you like stretch yourself out oh i've been keeping it next to my bed tight and i just kind of like hook my foot on it and i'll put on an episode of teen mom and just like let stretch. my yeah, just stretch right before bed. Great. Okay, so that's got to release stuff too. Oh, yeah. Like it releases. It forces you to go like, oh, sure, which is nice. Lavender spray. <gasps> now, not an essential oil. Okay. Different from essential oils. Love me some EOS, but not. <laughs> this is not an EO. This is a lavender spray. Okay. I love the Awake lavender spray. This is not a plug or an ad. This is just the brand I use. Great. And you, it's it's like pillow spray. Huh. It's lovely. It just puts me right Wait, in the isn't mood for spa. your mattress lavender? Yeah, okay. I also bought a mattress that's lavender scented. <laughs> I built a third bedroom in my loft. It's so cute. We call it the princess bed, and it's because Jared's very big, and I like to starfish when I sleep, so like we'll cuddle and like be intimate and cute and have sex, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to the princess bed, bye. And I can still see him because it's a loft. Sure. So we like talk to each other and like watch TV, and then we just sleep in different beds, and mine just happens to be very expensive and luxurious and like a spa and like a queen for a princess because that's me <laughs> and it's lavender scented so when you fucking it just you're out you're out okay um silk silk pillow cases okay i bought because they stay cool because they stay cool and they're soft okay. like as soon as i feel it i'm just like ooh, this means bed okay my face but not silk silk sheets no, is that no, a no. thing do silk sheets are a thing sheets? i had them in high school i had okay. black silk oh. sheets because i thought i was Bare like a cruel sex intentions queen. yeah and they slipped off every single night <gasps> i hated it okay 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 but silk pillowcases you can buy a bulk like costco size That's what you're telling me about yes so like um hotels will buy like a bulk size sure. of, and you spend like you know 50 60 bucks on a bulk size but you get pillowcases for like the a whole year yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you can just trade them out every you know week is what i try and do to keep wow. my face clean so that really helps okay. um blue light glasses i don't even know what that is exactly because people are always like get off your cell phone and i'm like fucking pry it from my cold dead fingers it's, oh syrup. Put, i will put I will. it in my coffin lid facing <laughs> me with like Brightness YouTube, all yeah, the way yeah, on. youtube hits just on playing repeat. at my dead body absolutely and here's the thing is i will hold my phone until my one eye is open 
Or the just, phone falls out of your hand. Have yes, you dropped it on your face absolutely. before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like lay a certain way so that it's propped up on my pillow <laughs> so that I don't even have to hold it anymore. So Jared's been really into these blue light glasses, which are just like a cute little pair of glasses. You get them for like six bucks on Amazon and it just blocks the blue light. So they're like yellow lenses. So okay. it doesn't keep you awake. It doesn't it doesn't make you feel more awake. It okay. keeps you sleepy. So you can still watch your phone. Interesting. Like I'm not gonna change that much, guys. So like make products that <laughs> Conform adapt to me, to me. Thank yeah, you. yeah um okay i put no food after 9 p.m even though that's like typical yeah it really is true because when i eat after nine my dreams are fucking crazy but okay i feel like i go to bed faster if i'm like full but upon i think hitting that that's the like pillow. the same thing as being drunk like you're like oh, you, you may pass fall out asleep, oh, but you wow. won't have good sleep okay I agree. Um, ooh, I put curb sugar cravings with something crunchy like ice chips. So, like, I found out during a YouTube video that crunch releases serotonin. Like, when you're craving, like, sweet or something, if you find something crunchy, it's, like, very satisfying. <sighs> I used to love to chew ice. Yeah. It was like, like oh. the ice at the end of a soda. Like, I would mm. keep that cup of ice with me until it was all gone. Now, I don't know. I think there is some form of, like, uh, you know, when women eat chalk, like, they crave chalk and dirt. It's, like, a deficiency. Yeah, there is that. But I'm not suggesting develop a, f a, a deficiency to where you chew ice. I'm just saying, instead of, like, getting chocolate, which is a big thing for me at night... Freeze some chocolate milk <laughs> and chew those cubes. Maybe sugar-free. That's not bad. Mm. Anyway, find something crunchy or, like, put it in your bedside. Just, like, a little, like... <laughs> Keep some ice at your bedside. Yeah, all day. The last thing I put is hand lotion because at the end of the day, like, when I'm in my relax mode... If my fucking hands are dry, I just feel dirty. Oh, wow. So I keep like a little tin of hand moisturizer right in my bed. And I bought this like, I don't know how to describe it other than saying it's like a bed sleeve that you buy that it's like a sleeve you stick into your mattress that hangs off the side of your bed so oh, that you can cute. store like things a pocket in it. Or like exactly. a remote or whatever. A bed pocket. Wow. Just Google bed pockets and you'll see them. But that's, that's where I store cool. all of this. Yeah. I, the idea of lotion in general, I think, sorry, you're about no, to absolutely no, keep I was, moving. I was but breathing lotion, hard. Like rubbing lotion on my body Ooh. seems like a very like calming way yeah. to like. I mean, cool. definitely not your whole body. That's weird. <laughs> I just imagine you like the baby covered in peanut butter. That's like, eh. Ew, and then you, you get in the sh under the sheets and, they, and like, you're stick so to you. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. I just take a little dabble do. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> moisturize my hands and then you know if you need to give a hand job or pleasure yourself that also just happens to help natural lubrication mm. okay guys is that okay to put that segment in here right before i go into the most like it traumatic so story of my life it, it's so funny it's actually very on brand okay i hope you guys enjoyed that um weird little side segment about something i'm feeling confidently insecure about but the things that make me feel secure was that list Hope. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to give a quick moment to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, obviously, this episode is very heavy, deals with a kind of a mature, dark topic. Um, and I think that this sponsor fits in perfectly into this situation, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an app that uh, is online counseling that is there for you. You can connect with your professional professioner professioner professional counselor in a safe and private online environment it's so easy you guys i use it every freaking week on my phone on my laptop i have access to it through the app i have no problem 
getting to it, sending my therapist a message. She's so quick to respond and always offering help and space. And she'll text me right then if she can. If not, she'll schedule an appointment. I mean, the hours she works with me. I mean, we get on the phone 9, 10 p.m. after a long day. I curled up in my bed. Um, the licensed professional counselors are specialized in everything from depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping trauma, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Everything you share is confidential. And if you're not happy with a counselor at any time, for any reason, you you can request a new one, which is always the hardest part about counseling is you're just like, I'm not vibing with this person, but I don't know how to say that. And I'm paying all this money, so I don't want to like just dump them. But with BetterHelp, you just go like click, swipe right, new one. Uh, and you don't have to have that guilt carried around with you. You don't have to have that shame. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. You can text, chat, phone, and video. And don't forget, financial aid is available for those who qualified. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Confidently insecure listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CI. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash CI. You'll simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash CI. You guys, I actually, I love, I love BetterHelp. Please use them. I promise you'll love them. <laughs> okay, back to the pod. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Mm, get that ASMR. Normally I wouldn't do that, but I... <laughs> When I spoke with my team, they were like, be as comfortable. Oh, here comes Barry. Come on. Are you coming up? They were like, be as humanly, as comfortable as humanly possible when talking about this. So confidants, I just ask that you give me the space to take silence a little bit. Sure. Take breath. Take breaks to just like gather my thoughts. And like if I need to start a sentence over because I just so badly want this to go right. And, you know, like coffee is very comforting right now for me in my life. So I I know my audience will give me that. But I just I guess I needed to just say it out loud that mm-hmm. like this is going to be. Could you imagine if someone's like, I don't like how she stutters during this one. <laughs> I don't like her breath. <laughs> Something cute that Jared told me about uh, that he loved about me when we first met is that when I laugh, I take two br- sharp inhales in like. <gasps> Before the first laugh comes out. Yeah. Or like or when like I'm between. laughing, they yeah, have between laughs and I never knew that about myself. And I was like, oh my God, you just pointed out something about me. That's so cute and personal. That is cute and personal. Anyway. Mm. So I told Zach this already, but when I brought up, you know, because obviously I, I ran this past a bunch of people in my life and the only people that questioned my judgment for doing this was men mm. minus zach mm. but that's you know man fluid. in quotes yeah and none of them were like you shouldn't do this but they were the only people to say are you sure you want to open this up you know how can we help protect you whereas every woman on my team in life was like Absolutely. This is what we're going to do. This is the plan. You have every right to tell this story. This is your life. And I just thought that was interesting that I think what I'm about to do in a way is a lot of men's worst fears. Sure. But like you said, Zach is like, what are women's worst fears? And I think I lived through. Yeah. Being on the end that you had to be on. The guy you're the guy you're talking about is so worried about mm -hmm. his reputation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're talking about your 
physical safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that we'll talk about that. Absolutely, his reputation was something that controlled his entire life. Whereas I think I've gotten to where I am today by just being myself. And I think that infuriates the ever living shit out of him. Um, Before we go into it, I want to remind you, you're going to hear clips spread throughout this from my best friend, Lacey, and my sister, who were very deeply involved in this relationship. Um, Lacey and I were living together at the time. We were best friends, roommates. I mean, we still are best friends. Um, And my sister was someone that had to answer the phone whenever I called and she knew if I was calling her there was a reason and she needed to pick up and so she really got like kind of the brunt of the crying through the phone like I can only imagine and so like first off I just want to say to those two in my life like I don't know that I would have been able to get out I like it makes me go like I wonder what what would have happened if you know, they weren't there for that. Um, I also just want to read some quick stats. Um, nearly half of dating college women reported experiencing violent and abusive dating behaviors. Oh, my God. College students are not equipped to deal with dating abuse. 57% say it is difficult to identify. And 58% say they don't know how to help someone who is experiencing it. One in three... Dating college students have given a dating partner their computer, online access, email, social network passwords, and these students are more likely to experience digital dating abuse. One in six college women has been sexually assaulted in a dating relationship, which sometimes that number fluctuates between like one in four experienced sexual harassment versus abuse uh, versus assault. Um, so that we're talking about abuse. 81% of parents believe teen dating violence is not an issue or admit that they don't know if it's an issue. So apparently abuse is only an older person's problem. Sure. <laughs> and I was very young when this happened. Uh, and though 82% of parents feel confident that they could recognize the signs if their child was experiencing dating abuse, a majority of parents could not, 58% could not correctly identify all the wrong, all the warning signs of abuse. So, Again, like, I just want to start by saying, like, if you're questioning, this is the podcast for you. If you're not sure, if you have a friend that maybe you're not sure, this is the podcast for you. Um, So I just want to say, again, like, this is a very, unfortunately, common thing. And it happens a lot of times with, and I'm going to speak from my personal experience, so I'm going to use, like, him, her pronouns. Um, It is very common in relationships that deal with boys who are trying to be men um to me this person is still a boy sure this is a boy who never grew up you know i don't know what his you know past traumas might be or what has happened since my relationship with this person but again i'm speaking from my experience um Again, so, like, I just want to go over the fact that, like, how nervous I was to talk about this. And not nervous because I'm nervous about the relationship or nervous about the person or nervous about what's going to happen after. Like, if this person hears this, like, I have to fully be prepared that they might have, they might reach out to me. That they might try and take action in some form, which would be very dumb on their end. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would even be able to talk about this if I didn't have the platform support team legal team behind me the friends behind me which makes me incredibly sad because if I'm nervous about this right I am the opposite of nervous (laughs) nine times out of ten 
And so if I'm feeling this way, I can't even fucking imagine how other girls must feel. Alone in their hometown, maybe not even sure how they identify, Mm -hmm. being abused. You know what I mean? It's so... I told Jared this morning, it was like, I feel like a little kid who's going to their parents to say, like, a creepy uncle touched me. (sighs) Like, somehow it feels like my fault. I feel ashamed. I'm experiencing a wave of shame. Um. And again, that's what abuse is. And and this was before the term gaslighting was sure. used. I somehow was always made to feel like what happened to me was my fault, that I did this, that I was the person that was responsible for this other person's actions and their future. And um, that was part of his tactic was mm-hmm. to constantly make me feel like I was inferior, that sure. I... Um, What's the problem? Sure, that you played a part in. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, you know, the beginning, I guess I can start in the beginning. Um, we're going to call him Voldemort. Love that. Because he shall not be named sure. ever in this house. And I try in my life to never talk about this. I mean, I've I've even, like, kept this from therapists because I've been so embarrassed to talk about it before. Wow. Yeah. So we met when I was very young and he was a lot older than me. Can you say ages? Um, I'd rather not, okay. but it was like around 10 years older than me. Okay. So I was young. This was like pre-social media. So like there's nothing to find about this person or us together. Um, and we were in the same field. I had just moved to Los Angeles. I was trying to get into the comedy scene, whether that be like, you know, sketch or improv or writing or YouTube or whatever. Like I was just trying to do all of it. So I met this person through that scene that that area of business and I remember thinking that they were so good at what they did and so confident and they had they were older and I was like this person has it together Mm. and he made me feel like he picked me out of many options like that that world of comedy is so broad right like you're in groups of like sketch teams together and like you hang out with people at the comedy clubs and like you go collab on youtube videos together like that world is very broad and this person to me had the choice of like many many people and i felt so special that that person had picked me especially because i thought they were very successful and had things that i did that i wanted you know my i'll play a clip for my sister here where she talked i remember that he wasn't very supportive of um, your career and uh, your career choices. Um, And he always seemed like, because you guys were in the same career field, and it always seemed like whatever you did wasn't uh, good enough. Where she talks about how to everyone else it felt like, oh, these two match because they both want to be in this world. And if we would have been a successful couple, what a power couple we could have been. Sure. Um, but I, we fell in love very quickly. And I say the word love uh, <laughs> very fucking lightly because I realized that that was not love. What I experienced was not love. It was entrapment. Um, 
he said it first. I waited to say it, but knowing that this person loved me and, and, you know, said it like three months into us dating, I was like, Oh my God, this is like, well, is that, and I'm young, man. So sure. this is like an adult telling me that they love me. And I felt very like needed and wanted and loved and cared for. And, uh, this person had success and it was like a pillar of strength in my life. And so it was easy for me to fall in love with this. It was easy in the beginning for me to ve become very infatuated and feel very secure when you have a roommate and you're living with them and your roommate gets a boyfriend, it's it's fun. Um, I'm a super social person and, and when Kelsey started dating someone that, you know, was a part of our lives, I know that sounds a little crazy, like Kelsey and I are married, but, you know, we're super close. Um, at the time, you know, I was living with her, basically sleeping in the same bed as her. Uh, but, you know, I was happy for her. Um, she seemed to have found, you know, a person that she's fun with and um, that cared about her and and that was um, quickly went away. Um, and I think that that's like step one is like his passion got me in quickly like right because I think in the cycle of abuse one factor is hope like you hope that like this is going to be the fairy tale notebook experience and like you can look past a couple things of like you know we talked about like the way he slammed the car door or like the way I would hear him speak to other about other people were there things at the beginning oh my god yes like he what I found out very very quickly was how insecure they were mm. like the way he spoke about other people behind their back, like in the privacy of our own relationship, I would be like, what? Like, I don't think that that's what's happening there. Right. And he, w he was like a conspiracy theorist of life. Paranoid. Fucking paranoid about everything. Thought everybody was lying about everything. Wow. And I felt you, like you included. Did he oh my accuse God. you of like in the beginning? In the beginning? No. Okay. Okay. In the very beginning. No, but it slowly started to slide. So I want to kind of like give that preface of like, I got roped in very quickly. And I think that that was like some, a red flag I should have watched out for. It was like, Whoa, this happened very fast. You were young. You were just yeah. figuring out what a red flag even was. was. Like, do you know what dirty John is the series? If y'all haven't I, heard the podcast, heard it, yeah, it's yeah. like, they got married after like three months of knowing each other. And it was like, oh, you you were just falling down the hill. You, they call it falling in love for a reason. Not like slowly, gently, cautiously, uh, like stepping uh, into yeah. it. Like I fell for this person very quickly. And I, I say love again. Like that was not love. But at the time, that's what I thought it was. So the way that like shit started to get bad was I was at his apartment and he had left his computer open. And I was using his computer and I saw a Facebook message pop up from a girl and my curiosity at that time, I didn't know about communication and, and trust. And I was probably a very insecure, like, you know, who is this girl now? If, if, if thing, a message would have popped up from a girl on Jared, I'd be like, Ooh, does she want to have sex with us? Back then it was like, <laughs> what the fuck sure. and I think that that's a very common because at that age you're always looking for like the next best thing you're just trying to like figure out how to be 
in the best version of yourself all the time. And so I think like when I think about like young boys too, like this guy was a man, but like younger boys, like teenage years, like having a girl hit you up on the side was cool. Like you're not thinking about sure. your girlfriend who probably feels as cool. You're like, Oh hell yeah. This girl's uh, trying to suck my uh, dick. Yeah, all these girls want me. Yeah. yeah. And so I think like knowing what I know now being older and have gone through so many relationships and seen how men react to like other women's attention. I totally see why um, I felt insecure seeing this message pop up. So I clicked on it and I scrolled up to see what they had been talking about. And we had been in a relationship at this point for a couple months. I was going to say, were you guys public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did oh, people yeah. know? Did this girl know? He did not. We did not make it like official. Like there wasn't really social media to post about. Sure. But he did not use it in his like daily life, like for a while. Like w- it wasn't very like yeah, yeah yeah public. And he would like tell jokes and stuff where he would like include me in it, but he would never say my girlfriend. He would just like talk about a situation. So I'd be like, oh, I'm involved in his life. That's He's me. acknowledging me. Um, and in the message to the girl, he had said something like, "Yeah, I'm kind of seeing this girl, but she's a trashy slut." shut yeah and i was like oh my god he's talking about me and i remember confronting him at his place and the first thing he said was why are you going through my messages like completely flipped it yeah and it was like well if you were trying to find something you were gonna find it i'm like oh no 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 we're forgetting the whole point of why this conversation came up of like that you called me like a trashy slut that like you're not really dating that I'm not really your girlfriend but meanwhile you're like laying in bed with me saying you love me and all this shit like what the fuck so that started my, oh my spiral God. of like he even came up with some crazy excuse as to why he had said that like no I'm trying to like get this girl to like me so that she'll put me on her shows or just like something that I was like but did you buy it yeah And even though every part of my being and my soul and my DNA was like, this guy hurt you, I was like, he didn't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. And so he could fucking talk his way out of everything. And behaviors I started to notice, like he had a lot of like tics that he would do and he would never like talk about it. He would just be like, it's just this thing I do. But he had like these crazy ticks he would do. And I remember like now I can look back at that and be like, oh, he has like OCD anxiety, yeah, yeah, like yeah. something very deep that there's a movie about that where he like rearranges all the cans mm. in the cupboard and he does all the towels a mm. certain way. And she can tell at the end that he's back in the house because the cans are oh, all turned. That sounds Isn't terrifying. That fucking scary. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, that's like exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what like, like looking oh. back, I'm like, ooh when he would start to get a certain way, these like ticks would come out. And so I just started to notice behaviors. And again, like the anger that would happen in things that didn't involve me, but he would go from like zero to 60 so fast. Sure. And it like, I know what bipolar looks like. This wasn't bipolar. This was like anger. Wow. And it was like a fucking switch. And the relationship sort of started to devolve into like me being like, okay, I've supported you doing your thing. Like now it's my turn. Like I just had gotten um, out of like an acting program and I wanted to start like working and auditioning and stuff. And there was zero support 
that came from him. In fact, it was like, you shouldn't do this because of X, Y, Z. Um, that person doesn't really think you're talented. They just want to sleep with you. Who's this guy in your acting class you're talking to? It was never about like my career. It was always something else that he could find a reason to like pull a pin out of my picture. Like I was like, what? What? No. And he started to get so fucking paranoid that I was going to school at a community college nearby film school and I had a schedule where I it was kind of far away. So I would be gone from like eight in the morning to like eight at night. And I would actually bring a comforter and I would sleep in the backseat of my car in between Aww. classes. Cause I was like, I'm not going to drive all the way back there. Like sure. I'd rather just stay Take out there for nappy, the day. Yeah. yeah. And he would accuse me of like going places in between. He never believed where I was. He would be like, where were you? I'd be like class. And he'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Let me see your schedule. Prove it. Who goes to class till eight o'clock at night? You're probably out. And I was like, mm. like there was never any way to make him, be- whatever he thought was he true. Thought, yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah. And I was constantly convincing him. And it was like a full-time job of convincing this person to believe me. And it was like exhausting. The fights were so bad so bad and so mean um and i i i couldn't stop myself from from getting involved and unfortunately you know when i would get involved i was also the target of the aggressive nasty mean comments um but what was i supposed to do you know my my best friend was being torn down um and i i couldn't stop it um who but did that feed into the love feeling where like he cares about me so yeah. much that he what he is like so possessive and so yeah. protective over me that yeah i'm his like thing and his biggest fucking fear was me getting more popular than him. Mm, mm. He was so desperate for followers and audience numbers. And his greatest fear was me being successful. And I didn't see that at the time. But to me, it was like, you know, Lacey says something in her audio clip about how she had to stand by and watch her incredibly boss bitch independent friend dim her light totally just be cut down and like I can't even imagine how hard that was for her to watch and naturally because of him being in my life she got involved right like you're you want your best friend to love your boyfriend and that is another fucking big tip here is like if your friends don't like him I don't care how fucking he makes you feel. I don't care how gorgeous he is or how artistic or how different or whatever. If people around you are trying to tell you something, listen. And I'm saying this as someone who did not take that advice. You Sometimes you do have to go through it yourself to come out the other end and know that you just have to go through it. 
like I had people telling me, my best friends, my parents, my sister, everyone was like, get out, stop, leave. You're calling us crying every fucking day is something. It's so hot and fucking cold. He's pissed at you at eight. He's okay with you by nine. Like mm-hmm. get out. And I would just shut those people out of my life. Cause I'm like, you're not here. You don't understand. You don't get it. So there got to a point where he was lying to me about what he was doing. So like he would say, okay, I'm going to go home. And there would be something in my gut where I'd be like, he's not going home. He's not going home. I know exactly where he's going. And I would show up to the place and catch him there. And I would walk right up to him in the middle of people and be like, hi, what are you doing here? And the first thing he would be- do, are you following me? Flip it around on me to say, why are you here? Did you come here without telling me? Were you coming to the party to fuck a dude? And I'm like, dude, I'm in my pajamas and no makeup. I just showed up. To, to catch you, you being here. Yeah, and now yeah, you're yeah. trying to turn around and say you're catching me being here? Like, it was just... <sighs> but how, And how long did this go on? I don't want to say, like, the total time of how long we were together, but, like... Wait, it, why don't you want to say? Okay, we dated for, like, eight months to a year. Okay. At eight months, something really big happened, and then it kind of, like, trickled out for a couple more months. Okay. So, at this point, it was, like, every single fucking day day hot cold hot cold fight okay fight okay there was times where I would be sleeping in his bed and he would reach his hand under the headboard to get my phone off the nightstand nightstand, and he would open my phone and read my phone and my messages behind the headboard so that the light wouldn't wake me up and I would wake up and catch him with his hand back there and like freak out. And he would drop my phone under the thing. And I'm like, oh, it, it's the middle of fucking night. What are you doing? Like, are you seriously trying to read my phone right now? Like he would manipulate the ever living shit out of me. Then he started leaving traps. He would leave his computer <gasps> with open a with or a something? message up. And he would go take a shower. And I would like go to his computer and I would see it. And then he would be like, got you. And I'd turn around and he would be sticking his head out of the bathroom. Ew. Dude, it was gnarly. This is. It was gnarly. What a way to live. There was one time where when we would have sex. Was sex happening the whole time? And was the sex. I've heard so many times like, oh, like this. Like the sex wasn't even bra- that good. Okay. That's all I was going to ask. The dick wasn't that great. What a tasteless there question. Was t- for there was dick mind. problems. No, it, it, it's involved in it. When we would get intimate. It was a power dynamic and you couldn't get hard for a powerful woman. Yeah. If I got on top, he would say, why are you trying to show off your body? Oh my God. (laughs) Not God. You're beautiful. No, it was, what are you doing? Why are you trying? Oh my God. What are you trying to show off? This breaks my heart. Dude. And I was like, young, like I did not fucking know that that was not normal. You know, like this was my you know introduction into adulthood relationship and oh they're they're a war zone yeah and it it would just be he would go from that to cuddling me saying the little nicknames we had for each other so at this point though were you telling friends and family things like that and what were they saying and you couldn't hear it i wouldn't say anything about like the intimacy stuff but like they would see and hear the fights and they'd be like dude 
That's not normal. This is not normal. How hard you guys fight. I mean, voice raised, and I'll never forget, he would do this thing where it was like a fucking child where we would be arguing, and then he would clench his fist really tight and go, like act like he was about to fucking cry and shake his fist like a fucking three-year-old. And it would scare me. Like, he would clench his fist so well, tight. Yeah, that's like violent energy violent like childlike energy like a child's about to like beat the shit out of a pillow yeah and like a temper tantrum did you say that already tantrum. no yeah. that's exactly what it was and it would freak me out and i'll never forget how quick that would turn on sure. and i mean he was not afraid to fight in public in the car in in front of friends the thing that he would never encroach on was the space of comedy Oh, that so, was like a, a sacred yeah, space. Yeah, so if like he saw me getting involved in it, it freaked him the fuck out. And he would try and get me not to come places. He would try and tell people not to invite me to certain clubs or like spaces. And it got to a point where I was getting popular. I was getting views on my YouTube videos. And I was getting like calls from agents and managers. And he would accuse me of... Like, I don't even know how he would somehow make me feel bad for getting successful. Sure. And he would... Like being a sellout. Yeah. And he would always threaten me with, if you ever talk about me in your comedy or if you ever talk about this relationship, I will fucking sue the shit out of you for defamation. I will fucking... His favorite line, and I have heard from other people that he says this to them all the time, is you will fucking never work in this town again. I will make sure that your comedy career is fucking over. You will never work in this town. What an insecure little fuck. But at the time, I was... He had more... He had more status. Yeah. And the switch happened. Did he? No, absolutely not. It was just like you were in a bubble. And he was... He had just been doing it longer. And I didn't know. So people know. knew him, but it yeah. wasn't like they were like. They didn't like him. No one yeah. fucking liked him. Uh, people talk shit about it all the fucking time. And he still has a horrible, horrible reputation. Still, to this day. Is he entertaining still? No. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, he's still. Yeah. <laughs> trying. But, yeah, still trying. Um, <laughs> so that was tossed around a lot. That he was going to sue me if I and ever talked about it. that you'll never work in this town that again. That I'll never work. And that would freak me out because he knew people. And I just was so afraid of my career never happening with oh because God. of him. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But I realized my career never happened because I was still with him. I needed to break out of that because I had to have a career of my own. He would he was never gonna let me be successful sure. ever. So I got into an acting class where I met a guy who was <laughs> lovely i mean i think about him now and like i kind of wish that i could reach out to him maybe i will and just say like he's a beacon of light sort of yeah like good looking so much better looking than him very kind he was successful he we became good acting partners and i started spending a lot of time with him like in class and this person that I was dating would constantly be like, you are not allowed to see him outside of class mm-hmm. because he knew that 
the guy was good looking. I would never, I would be like, oh my God, you're crazy. I love you. You're my boyfriend. I would never. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, if I didn't have a boyfriend, I'd fuck the shit out of this guy. Sure. So in this time, and I've only ever really talked about this I as jokes, but I joke and I said it once in the episode that Ned and I did at BuzzFeed of Single Versus Married because it was years later. Again, I was away from it enough to talk about it. But we did an episode about is cheating okay. And in the episode, I say, I fucking cheated on this person. I do not regret it. I would do it a hundred times over. I had to cheat to get out. Hmm. I knew that the person I was dating was fucking terrified of me doing something with this person and it didn't happen at first like it wasn't like I immediately like hooked up with this person and was like out it was like a game I had to play very carefully because I was fucking terrified to leave this person I had Um, no idea what he was gonna do was he gonna blacklist my name was he gonna fucking beat the shit out of me was he gonna fuck up my car had physical violence happened at this point not on me around me yes okay throwing things punching oh, things sure. which hitting is, things which is a scare tactic yep, yep yep is absolutely violence um so i decided that i was going to start taking a chance and like even talking about this it was like i decided i was going to start escaping and going to my acting partner's house to like practice scenes and like mm-hmm. hang out with him and like be around a healthy a, guy a breath of fresh air yeah. yeah and i was so afraid that this person that I was dating was following me. Find out where he lives. Fo- following what that guy. He would track down his social media page. He would check my phone to see if I had checked his social media page. He, I was so afraid that I would only go to this person's house in the dead middle of the night. I would drive my car there because i think this was before uber was popular i would call the guy to make sure he would meet me at his gate like the second i pulled down the street he would buzz open his garage and i would pull into his underground parking lot so he knew the extent of what he was knew going on how too. bad the guy i was dating oh. was and he was like my safety zone and i would go over to his place and i'll never forget he made me truffle fries he had like this truffle sauce he's an amazing cook and he would make me. Oh, you're these, gonna tell like, me who this is. After oh, I know. This. I'll show. I'll show you who he is. Okay. Yeah. I should really DM him and just be like, "Hey, I don't know if you'll ever like realize how much your f- mm. friendship meant to me at that time." But like, yeah. he would cook for me. We would watch movies, and I would be fucking terrified the entire time I was there. Sure. That and like leaving, and like I was terrified that the person I was dating was gonna go to my house and see I wasn't in my bed, and then what would happen if he? confronted you get me that text it. at 302 a.m where oh are you God. like i'm at your house you're not in your bed like i was fucking terrified and this guy my acting partner just took all of that away and for a while i would like go there you know at midnight and then i would like sleep in his bed till like five in the morning and then i would drive home like it was not even like good sleep it was like anxiety sleep sure, it was just like, like <laughs> <laughs> and i wouldn't even hook up with him he would try so hard and i'd be like i'm sorry i can't i have a boyfriend Oh, you, you, that's wild. Going over to a guy's house, sleeping Sleeping in in his bed bed. and not even like kissing him. And the guy knew. But you eventually did. Eventually I did. So that's like where the story goes, right? Is that like things got so bad. Well, then fucked up by that guy 
to know he was supposed to be your safety zone to offer a safety zone and then try to hook up well, with no, you every time? Well, no, it was mutual. Hello, he was gorgeous. Okay, okay, okay. I wanted to have okay, sex okay, with okay, him, okay. and he wanted to have so sex with me. it would be like me. legs touching, yeah, arms and cuddling, he, or feel like a boner. He would like, yeah, he would be like, it's hard. okay. Like, you don't have to be with that guy. Like, you can stay here and sleep with me. I won't even fucking touch you. And like, mm. I would just be like, I want you to touch me. Like, it was more me being like, I can't. But, like, touching his dick on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, eventually, it got to the point where, you know, I'm sure alcohol was involved or whatever excuse I needed to get there. But I eventually slept with this guy, my acting partner, multiple, multiple times. And, again, I don't fucking regret it at all. I would do it 20 times over. I would have taken pictures and sent it to my boyfriend at the time's fucking house if I could do it all over again but that was my that was my card that was my out right I had something now that I knew would absolutely tear him down and it was in my back pocket I wasn't sure when I was going to use it but I knew that I had it and if I needed it I would fucking do it and things got bad one night <laughs> in eight months in mm-hmm. where he found out that I was like talking to the acting partner, texting with him or whatever. He would check my text messages. He would like sign into my messages from his computer. It was like crazy. Wow. And I left. I was like, I'm not doing this. I called my sister. I was like freaking out. I was like, I'm so scared. I'm going home. I went home. He showed up to my place and I was trying to get him to leave my apartment. And I was alone at my house. I had two roommates at the time, Lacey and this other chick. And, I mean, I'll play Lacey's clip about it. Who the catalyst, the, the sort of straw that broke my back um, was coming home. They were got into a huge fight. They're both in the hallway right outside of our apartment. And... Um, he pushed, hit, kind of slammed her to the ground. You know, she's screaming and crying. You know, I'm walking down the hallway with our other roommate and, and hear sort of this commotion and she's screaming at us to call the police, you know, and, and I jump into action. I, you know, tell him to get the fuck out of our building and, you know, call the police immediately. Like this was, this was something that in my head was not surprising and was scary. Um, Scary for her, scary for me. Um, And I am such a mama bear. I'm, I'm, I, you know, you, you never want to see your friend who you love and care about be so torn down. Um, It broke my heart. Uh, got visible and I'm pretty sure he pushed you on the ground and I remember uh, you calling me and you were pretty hysterical about it um, and it was hard to hear for an older sister you know I wanted to be there for you and you know I'm in Florida and you're in California and it was hard to hear um, I was angry you know that I couldn't really do anything and be there for you I was angry that you know he was still around and I remember I think I told you to just get out um, and to just get somewhere safe they 
came home and they came around the corner as I was trying to get him out of the apartment and he physically knocked me to the ground and I again like I still have a weird hard time saying that like I was physically abused because I'm like he just pushed me down he didn't like fucking knuckles to the face yeah Yeah. like he didn't draw blood like you said but he knocked me to the ground and my friends saw and freaked the fuck out and were screaming and yelling get the fuck out we're gonna call the cops yada 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 so he left and then it was like it was like being in an ocean with a shark somewhere oh and not God. knowing where the, where the fucking the shark, shark is. is. And my legs were just like dangling in black water. Ew. Like I was afraid to leave my house. I was, you know, my friends were like, we have to like, we can't stay here with you forever. We like have to go to work. My friend was a bartender at the time. Like yeah. I knew that I didn't feel safe Yeah. and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have like any safe haven like my best friend lived with me like I I didn't know what to do so my roommate one roommate left and the guy I was dating showed back up and tried to get in and the room the roommate that wasn't Lacey let him back in to the apartment and I had my door shut and locked like she didn't know what the fuck was going on she didn't know what the fuck to do she was like I don't know what if you guys are ever hot cold on off like yeah yeah, yeah. he's he's always at the apartment like he's here and I had my door locked your bedroom my bedroom door locked and he punched a hole through my door oh my god like a fucking like horror the shining. Movie, like the shining and reached in and unlocked my door and opened my door and i'm like this guy's gonna fucking he's kill, gonna me. kill me he's, he's gonna, gonna have a gun or like strangle yeah me or and something. he was not mentally well at this point we were so back and forth all the time that like this was it anyways i call Lacey and i'm like you need to come back home and I don't know if she finished her shift or if she came in halfway. It's kind of a blur. It's yeah, like, I bet. you know, we're screaming at each other. I'm trying to get him to leave. And he takes a bowl that was on my kitchen counter that was full of bananas and throws it against the wall. And it shatters. There's glass everywhere. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like trying to pick up the glass. I'm trying to like clean up his mess. And I step on a piece of glass. Uh, on my foot and there's like blood everywhere <laughs> and i still have the piece of glass oh in my foot my god can we Feel get it. this out <sighs> i went to an urgent care the next day and they're like it's and they took out glass they took out pieces of glass yeah. but there's still a little tiny piece that she's like your body will just like keep it expelled out of your system but it's just gonna live there unless you want us to like give you stitches and I was like, just don't reopen it. It's not worth it. So I don't remember if it was me or Lacey, but I was like, call the police, call the police. Like at this point, it looks like a fucking crime scene. Sure. This guy's hitting things, throwing things. Our neighbors were calling like the leasing office. Is his, is his anger going up and down? 
is he like at all rational or is he kind of like one oh note? never rational oh, okay one okay. note but like screaming then crying different tactics doing that child thing with his fist oh like my. and a grown man a grown, a grown man grown and man. i felt like i had to take care of him like i felt like it was my responsibility i had to calm him down i had done this it was my fault you're so worried about your career so worried about my worried career. about the safety of the guy you're seeing and yourself and I now your roommate terrified and he did draw blood sorry mm-hmm. the foot wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened if he hadn't exactly been there so someone calls the cops and he hears that we call the cops and so he leaves and all the cops have to do they know who he is they know his name they come and they get a statement from me and my roommates and they look him up and they find his address and they go to his house and they arrest him shut up and i don't know if at that time i knew that like giving a statement at equals pressed charges or like if he was just being detained or whatever but they call me and they're like we went to his house and he is in police custody and i was like fuck i wasn't relieved i, was I wasn't like this isn't a good God. thing in your mind this was not a good thing in my mind. And he spent the night in jail. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you're just like, this is winding him up. Yeah. I am like, abuse is so fucked up that I felt so much guilt the next day. I slept on it. And the next day I was like, I have made a decision in my mind that that was the wrong thing to do was call the cops. I fucked up this guy's life. He now has an arrest on his record, which I found out was not the first. Um, I am the, the, the problem now I am the catalyst to fucking up this person's life. Like, will he ever work again? Did I really like, I felt so much responsibility and shame that the next day it was like, no doubt in my mind that I wanted to fix things with him. Like, Oh yeah. Like go back to him. No. So I had actually got in touch with a lawyer that he had used previously for something. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten in touch with the lawyer being like, Hey, this person's arrested. I don't know what to do. And so this lawyer fucking scumbag was like, going to take me on as a client. But what I didn't realize was like him taking me on as a client was basically like, how do I get this girl to drop charges against the kid that I've been representing this whole time? And like that lawyer was friends with his family and like knew his He's dad. He's going to represent both sides. Yeah. But like he couldn't. Yeah. His goal was to get to me get you to, to drop the yeah, charges. Yeah, yeah. So I like went to his office the next day and he was like, let me see your text messages. And I was like, okay, I didn't know any better. I think this guy's my lawyer. And he's going through my messages. He sees the text messages of me texting him, texting this person and basically starts to make fun of me that I'm apologizing. He's like, oh, well, here you go. You know, the ne- wow, the next day, this would never hold up and and is making me feel red in the face like, oh, this was a mistake. I can't be here i can't press charges so i'm not gonna press charges because this lawyer has clearly made it known that and that's like his job that's like his game and to protect his client and and freak me out 
<laughs> so. And you're so young. Dude, I you're was. You're a baby. So fucked up at this point. I was so fucked up. I didn't know what was right and wrong. But after that big incident, it's so shameful to admit, but unfortunately very common that I went right back with him. And after, you know, the police came and the statements and calling our building and changing the locks and, you know, all of those things, it was such a, a process. Um, and to see Kelsey kind of allow, allow the door still open for him, you know, metaphorically, obviously, like, not in our apartment, but, but it, I was, I was mad. I was mad. And we were both so young and, and I didn't know really how to deal with this situation, but I was, I was mad at her. I mean, I was mad at him, but I was, I was so disappointed by a person that I, I cared about so much and I thought was smart and strong and, and a fucking boss to kind of go back to this person was, disappointing and and I I don't I don't really know how how else to say it and our relationship carried on for a few more months but like not it was always tainted at that point it was always it would always come back to that night we could never move past it it was always my fault and I would like to say that it ended in some like big firework ending of me like walking out the door and slamming the door and being like, this is the last time you'll ever see me. And then yeah. I got this. But like it didn't mm. like I'm sure he threatened to break up with me and like tear me down. But like our relationship basically just kind of fizzled out after a few more months. And it mm. was like a very slow like we just can't do this. We're not healthy for each other. Um, you know, I don't think I ever told him that i slept with the acting partner though i don't think i ever used that you card. never used it huh because of what i had done by getting him arrested i was like the last thing i can do like is that's fucking, the card like that's the card is i did the worst fucking thing you could possibly do in that situation which looking back on it it's like no that's the safest thing yeah you yeah, could yeah, do. yeah 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 you yeah. protected yourself you protected your friends you absolutely like you could have died that night and you did the absolute right thing. Yeah. But back in that place, I was like, like, oh, I fucked up. I did the worst thing a girl could do to her boyfriend, which was get him arrested. Looking back on it, I would have called earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, yeah. you know. So. You wouldn't go on a second date no. with this guy now. No. Knowing what I know. Assuming but he was, was so ta- charming. Was he taking you on dates? No. I mean, he, <laughs> he had this weird thing where he would get gifts cards from his parents like every no and that's how he like survived was like whole foods and subway gift cards so we would like do that every week but he was so charismatic and charming and outgoing and i thought people liked him and it turns out like everyone in his industry fucking wow thinks he's a scumbag hates him um it was again it was a slow fizzle out and i think finally I had moved into a new apartment and there was a point where Lacey even moved out of my apartment saying she can't be friends with me anymore if I'm going to stay in this relationship. And, you know, at the time I like laughed that off. I was like, she's being so dramatic. (laughs) 
<laughs> 10 years later, she's still my best friend, and I would fucking die for that she's girl. She's being so dramatic. Her would, be- she sees her best friend get knocked on her ass by a dude, and she's being dramatic. She's being dramatic. And at, at that time, whether it was wrong or right, I mean, you, you can't change the past, but um, I chose to leave, leave our apartment and, and move in with my aunt and uncle um, that lived not far away. But it was the hardest thing to do, to leave your friend in a vulnerable position. And I felt like I had to do that for me because I was also in a dangerous position. I remember calling Kelsey and, and being like, I love you, but I can't, I can't do this. I, 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 for my own mental health and state, can't stay in this toxic environment, and, and I hope you leave. Um, I think it changed our relationship. Guilty about walking out um, as a friend. It's... It still makes me, like, so upset to this day that, you know, I can't change the choices I made. And, and, you know, she was strong enough to, at the end, walk away. But I felt like I sort of abandoned her. Um, But I'm so proud that she was able to get out of that. Um, (laughs) Pretty much in spite of me, to be honest. But... um, she did it on her own. I mean, like, Lacey, I would fucking kill someone for you. I would fucking bury a body with you. I would die. I would die for Lacey. I, hands down, would die oh for her for what God. I've been through. But, like, at the time, how fucked up I was in his manipulation, I was like, <laughs> okay, Lacey, go live with your fucking, go live with someone else because yeah, okay, I'm fine. I'm yeah. So I had moved out of that apartment. I got a new apartment. And, like, I think it was just, like, a refreshment, you know, thing where it was, like, it was just a slow fizzle that I could never come back from that arrest. And even though I was, like, oh, my God, I did this. Looking back, it was, like, thank God I did that because that's what kind of got me out. It's a blessing that he didn't ramp up Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. hurt you Mm -hmm. in a a way Mm -hmm. that he saw fit Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jessica Simpson just came out with a book. That's like a tell all about her life and career. Oh, really? And in it, she talks about her abuser saying that she feels sorry for his abuse. Like, not that she's sorry that happened to her or like whatever, but she she's like saying, like, I feel sorry for him. And that's kind of how I feel now is now that I'm far enough away from it. I feel so sad for him. And, you know, my life carried on. I never pressed charges. I did get a restraining order at the end of our relationship, which was like... Did he know about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess you have to know about it. Yeah, it it was very complicated because we worked in the same industry. And if he showed up somewhere, I could easily have gotten him kicked out of places and spaces. And And he let these things happen? Or what was his... When you got the restraining order, like what? I think his lawyer fucking knocked some sense into him being like, like... you're gonna yeah clean stay away up. from this girl this girl has every right to fuck your life up. okay good so i think the lawyers put the fear of god in him and uh i think the arrest was enough to shake him up but you know life just went on and i i got into other relationships and luckily the next relationship i was in was completely different um i do feel sorry for him years later 
I get a text on my phone while I'm in the middle of a BuzzFeed shoot. And it says, hey, it's Blank. Voldemort. Voldemort. Uh, BuzzFeed's pretty popular, huh? You should put me in a video. Oh, my <laughs> God. Big, pretty hard to do with a restraining order. You're going to shoot from At the parking lot? At that time, lot? the shoot, the restraining order was done. It had been, like I said, years later. Wow. I didn't reply, obviously. I got another text from him once about how we should follow each other on social media. Ew, ew, ew. Then I had a girl reach out to me on Instagram that was basically, I don't want to like out her situation, but she was begging me for help because she was in a relationship with that person. And she was asking me for legal advice and what's the name of the lawyer and da 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 da. And I was like, I'm not telling you the fucking lawyers. I fuck that right. shit. But I know that the cycle of abuse continued after me. Um. And yeah, I think like that's the end of the story, I guess. And uh, I look at that person and I I retell this you know tale. And I don't recognize it. I don't recognize myself. I don't recognize what happened because it just feels so different from who I am. And maybe it's what helped shape me a little bit harder into like that single woman who will never. But like, I truly think my brain and my subconscious did this thing where it pushed it so far away that I never thought about him. I never thought about our relationship. I never ran into him. I was never reminded of him. But when I would like sit down in my deepest thoughts of like therapy or whatever or love or like, you know, when I would have to talk about past relationships with new partners, like, mm-hmm. oh, what was like, you know, your, your dating history yeah, yeah, yeah. is like. You don't. I would have to confront it. And I would have to be like, oh, my God, there was a period in my life in my early, early years that like I was abused. Yeah emotionally and it's hard to say physically well and that relationship question for me it's it's come up in the one second first second third date and you're not about to you're not about to lay that down I don't think and unfortunately there were times where I would talk about it and the person that I was dating would either be afraid of it and wouldn't go there or would talk it up to like not never dig too deep never would someone be like tell me more like what was that like for you it was like oh shit i'm not gonna go there because i think men are afraid of getting involved in a conversation like that or they're reminded of their behavior or something exactly and so unfortunately like a lot of people i dated after that never asked me about it and like the only person who really ever knows is lacy is like the deep like the deep 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 cuts is lacy well you got to play by play in your sister i'm assuming yeah. yeah 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 so you know i wrote down some stuff here um in my outline um about uh the cycle of abuse and i just want to read like uh, the four reasons victims go back to their abusers number one is unequal power which totally made sense for me in my situation sure two is manipulation Mm-hmm. Also. it's like anyone can fall victim to that the smartest person in the world can be manipulated by <laughs> yeah if you trust someone yeah uh hope again we talk about hope Ugh. hope is such a dangerous thing because you want people to change i never i never thought i was gonna change him i just thought things were gonna get better <laughs> uh and love is the fourth one mm. um there's also this through thick and thin thing right it's like fair weather people and like till death yeah like he we're going through a rough patch and it's like 
no, bitch, you're being abused. Because you do this with people you love. Like, yeah. you're supposed to help them through and their rough times. he loves me so much. And he's pointing out things about me that I clearly need to work on. Oh, and he's helping me. Only someone who loves me would tell me, mm-hmm. he's be being honest. Real. Yeah. Everyone else is lying. He's the only one telling me the truth. So I want to go through, like, what the cycle of abuse looks like. It starts with tension building. Stress builds from the pressure of daily lives, understandings, family conflicts, clicks, um... Uh, during this period, the abuser feels ignored, threatened, annoyed, or wronged. The feeling lasts an aver- average of several minutes to hours, although it can last several months. To prevent violence, the victim may try to reduce the tension by becoming compliant and nurturing. Alternatively, the victim may provoke abuser to get the abuse over with, prepare f- for violence, or lessen the degree of injury. However, the abuser is never justified in engaging in violent or abusive behaviors, which I, exactly what we said, like I dimmed my shine so that this person could continue to have control over me. Mm. Then there's acute violence. During this stage, the abuser attempts to dominate the victim. Outbursts of violence and abuse occur, which may include verbal or psychological. Uh, and in an intimate partner violence, uh, children are negatively affected by having witnessed the violence in the partner's relationship degrades as well. The release of energy reduces the tension, and the abuser may feel or express that the victim had it coming to them. So I think that that's definitely what those little like childlike outbursts he would do would be. Uh, <laughs> he would like go from screaming to like <laughs> his face would go, <laughs> and I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" That's so scary. Confused. Uh, then there's reconciliation, the honeymoon period, where the perpetrator may begin to feel remorse, guilty, or fear that their partner is going to leave or call the police. Uh, the victim feels pain, fear, humiliation, confusion, and may feel responsible. Uh, they will apologize, ignore the incident, um, mark an apparent end of the violence. So they'll say things like, this is the last time. I promise I'll never do this again. Uh, some abusers walk away from their situation with little comment, but most eventually will shower the survivor with love and affection. The abuser may use self-harm or threats of suicide, which is another thing. I'll kill myself (sighs) if you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's calm. So during this phase, the relationship is relatively calm and peaceable. Uh, the abuser may in- agree to engage in counseling, ask for forgiveness, create a normal atmosphere. So it's basically, look, it's basically a cycle. And then it yep. goes back to the tension building. And so those are the warning signs to kind of look out for. I also listed like the long lasting effects of emotional and physical abuse, uh, being physically or sexually abused makes teen girls six times more likely to become pregnant and twice as likely to get an STI. Half of the youth of who have been victims of both dating violence and rape attempt suicide compared to the 12.5% of non-abused girls and 4.5.4% of non-abused boys. So that's like half of victims. Um, and then I put down like things that didn't feel right that I should have known. And I didn't realize how fucked up they were until I was in a very successful relationship with Jared. A, my stomach does not fall out of my ass when Jared touches my phone. I give him my phone and everyone knows that fucking feeling of your significant other touching your phone where you're like, Oh my God, do I have messages? I, I would let Jared carry my phone for a week. I feel nothing. And there was something with that relationship where that oh. feeling I should have known sure. that that was not right. So watch out for something like that. Uh, in this relationship, he supports my wins. He lifts them up and he wants me to succeed. Jared literally will jump around the room and jump on a couch and something good happens in my life. And he wants me to be successful. He wants me to be the most famous, funny, impactful comedian I could possibly be. And I didn't realize that that was the opposite of what I was getting until I experienced the good. Um, 
you're not constantly wondering or guessing the mood or love of the relationship. Like where you stand. Yeah. Every morning I woke up in a relationship with that person being like, what, what am I going to get? What? And then I'd forget, like, are we fighting? Like, can we just stop fighting and get dinner? Or like, can we just forget about this and go to lunch? Like I never knew where the fuck I was going to get what the mood was. Um, and in this relationship, we are clear as fucking crystal, how we feel. We found our communication style. We know exactly how to tell each other when we're upset. And I'm not anxiously losing space in my brain all day wondering how the other person is feeling if you experience that it's not fucking healthy right get out decision fatigue um and i put at the end trusting your fucking gut Mm. i say that as someone who did not trust my fucking gut because my gut was shielded with everything that a manipulative abusive person does I was showered with love. I was begged at. I was groveled at. I was yelled at. I was screamed at. I was pushed. I was diminished, demeaned. And it got so convoluted, I couldn't tell what was real, what was fake, what was honest, what was, you know. I I didn't know how to find me in that relationship. And the one I'm in now... So many years later, I know who I am. I know when something is wrong. I know when something is off because I I trust myself now. And I didn't back then. I was so worried about, I was so married to another person's feelings and wants and needs. I didn't have my own space. And now I have created space in every relationship that I've been through after to make sure that I have carved out my safety zone. Yep. You know? And that comes with time. I don't know if anyone trusts themselves inherently from birth to death. You know what I mean? You have to learn some things, unfortunately, the hard way. Yeah. The outcome on your end, I know this is something that has really, you know, been the fuel to your fire. And um, I know this is something that you would never, you know, something that has given you strength and that's something that you feel like I'll never let this fucking happen to me ever again and you know that's pussy power so um you know I think this is something that you could help somebody else with and um you know share your experience and be there to help others so in the end you know there's a silver lining so She's one of the strongest people I know, and and I am so happy she found such a healthy and happy relationship. And and you know, <laughs> bad things happen to people every day, and and people are in these type of relationships every day. And and you know, all you can hope for for your loved ones is that they they get out of that hole. Because I couldn't I couldn't change that for her. I could t- I could say again and again, this is terrible. He's terrible. Um, you know, this is, this is bad for you. This is bad for your friends. This is, you know, but she had to make that choice and I had to, um, let her. Whew. 
you guys, thank you for letting me get through that and sharing my story with you. Um, what's to come after this gets published, I have no idea, but I'm fucking prepared. I would not have done this if I did not check all my P's and Q's and fucking dot my I's and cross my T's and shit. So um, I'm going to leave a bunch of links in the description to f- for you guys to check out if you feel like it. And trust me, if you're wondering, it's worth exploring. If you have the feeling... Fucking listen to yourself. Listen to your friends. Listen to the people you really trust. Uh, manipulators and abusers have a way of, of uh, isolating you and making them your only um, bounce board. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you to try and actively reach out and get a third-party opinion, a therapist, a friend, someone you trust and love. Even if you haven't talked to them in a while. I remember when I was with him, I got so far away from my people that to come back to them and like like a dog with its tail between my legs took a lot of courage and bravery and, and self-reflection. So um, I hope this has done something <laughs> It has. I don't know if just by sharing my story, but not really giving you super big tips on what to do about it is the best, but I hope that you did. Someone you really got something did. out of this. And Zach, thanks for being here. Oh my God. I called him this morning. I was like, please come over. He's like, I have stuff to do today. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> no, he was like, I'll be there. In two I'm minutes. so happy and so proud of you. Yeah. Cause that's not who I am today. Like I said, mm-hmm. and I think I, I'm going to do a, a much better job as I continue to heal, right? Cause this is something that follows you around is that I'm going to try and give, um, perspective and space and love to that version of myself. Mm-hmm. Because I think I look at her with such shame and embarrassment that like, I need to go back and kind of hug her and Absolutely. just tell her everything's okay. And that she's going to get out of it. And look she's at me now. Do honey. Fucking great. Yeah. She's going to do great things. to the world, um, whew, you guys, uh, I love you. Thank you for always being honest with me about your experiences. Thank you for letting me share mine. Thank you for giving me the space to go through this. Um, And I guess we just ended here. Love you guys. Love you guys.